Are you guys all in Ohio? I'm um, in California. Oh, yeah. you're in California too. Yeah, I'm in Thousand, I'm Oaks. In Thousand Oaks. Oh, we're not far. I'm I'm outside of Pasadena. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we are in Cincinnati. Aaron's a native Cincinnatian. Yeah. Disavowed football, but <laughs> uh my my one of my absolute best friends i lost him this year to cancer and he was Aww. from cincinnati and was a yeah. devout Bengals, reds you name it and uh uh-huh. so i think rick's up there working he was in a band back in the day called director set uh cincinnati <laughs> band and um we we go way back but he's yeah. uh he's up there smiling now yeah. Well, hopefully they can win one for him then tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Aaron and uh, Aaron and Phil go all the way back to junior high school. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Those are good. Get that. Back when back when the Bengals were in the Super Bowl the first time. Uh, is that when Crum Rye uh, broke his his? That was, that was the second time, I think. Yeah. Right. I remember that was that was. They lost two of them against the Niners, 80, yeah. 81 and eighty eight. I want to say. Yeah, that was Sam Sam Weiss, right? Forrest Gregg was the first one. Sam Weiss was the second one. Yeah. And this I will be so. this is like uh my fourth year of watching zero football. Man, I'll tell you, it's uh well, you guys have a good you have a good young team now though. It's gonna be yeah. good for a while. But uh it we was I'm told. We still need to work on the sacks, but oh you yeah, know. he got sacked nine times last week. Burrow did. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. it's not as bad as it was back in like the 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 two thousands. That's as bad as bad as it gets. Yeah, yeah. nine yeah. sacks. You can't win yeah. a game. You generally right. cannot win a football game. Hey, <laughs> is he a running? Is 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 the quarterback they have now like a running guy? Is he scramble? Is he a Randall Cunningham kind of Crandall Runningham guy? No, no, he's more, he's more of a passer. He, he can do it all, kind of. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's multi. He's multitask. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're you've not been read in on Joe Burrow yet, then. You're you're clearly. I really have zero interest in football anymore. It's really? it's like a through a switch. Can I ask? I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I watch it all the time, but I have had a similar. I'm, I'm similar to you. Why, why is it that it's turned you off? Though? I'm can't really put my finger on it it was um it was like week one three or four years ago I was watching the early game um none of the they're flipping between them none of the teams that were on were you know that they, they didn't they weren't on any of my fantasy teams or anything right and I'm, I'm flipping back and forth I'm like what am I doing and I flipped to the NFL network where they have you know the highlights all day and there's somebody down on the field and I'm like oh no and, you know they they like carried him off and everybody cheered. I'm like, why are they cheering? You know? No, I know. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, I was like, I'm done. I don't need this. And yeah, I, I yeah, do that. I gave up meat on a whim. <laughs> it's, you, you yeah, he's like actually me. vegan. Man, 88, I gave up red meat. Like 94, 95, I gave up poultry. And in the mid 2000 aughts, I gave up uh, seafood and dairy. Wow. I've gone back and forth. I was a vegetarian for 16 years. Um, I started mm-hmm. eating again about a year ago, and uh, I'm thinking about pulling the during plug. the pandemic. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It was like, what can I do? I'll eat meat. Why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, now let me ask you: what What's your blood type? Comfort food. There. You know what? what? I don't. I don't know what my blood type is. What's yeah. yours, Aaron? I think it's A. Okay. A is more likely to do well on an agrarian type diet with uh, less protein. Are the Eagles in the postseason? 
I know they, the Bengals they, are. They were they were in for they were in for fifteen minutes, and uh, it was the Andy yeah. football playoff uh, fifteen minutes of uh, playoff fame, and then out they went. They yeah. they won their division, or were they a wild card? I mean, it was a mercy killing. Believe me, we had you know, but that's the thing about the NFL now. That's part of why I think maybe my interest in it has waned slightly because now there's like three wild card teams. You know, there's like twenty nine thousand teams that make the playoffs. Yeah, so it's like it, too much. Yeah, they're, you know, I, they're about to expand like baseball's playoffs, playoffs like too, and that's bumming me out. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm a purist, man. I, I you know, I, I, I really um, think it should just be you play the season. The best, you know, four teams go in one division. The best four teams go in the other division, and you know, uh, elimination final. You know, mm-hmm. championship. Yeah. The playoffs are kind of like a second season. It's like a real gauntlet. You know, it's yeah, like. It is. The, the powers that be are saying, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to let more people into the tournament, but we're going to make it much more difficult for you to make the Super Bowl. You know, it's like, so it know, becomes, yeah. The, the Giants should have been better rewarded for winning their division. They beat the Dodgers in yeah. the West, and the Dodgers won like 106 games. I know. I know. And that's our old, I'm, I'm a massive sports fan. That's the Phillies old uh, manager, Gabe. Uh, uh, yeah, Kapler. Kapler. Yeah, and uh, we ran him out of town because he was just uh, way too handsome and way too. Uh, <laughs> it's too buff. <laughs> too buff, and it's just like I don't trust something about that guy. I just don't like. Was his bullpen too handsome for Philly? Like five closers, and you never knew. You know, you never knew who was going to get the ball in the ninth inning with Kapler because he was just constantly. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I know, but. That's kind of like, isn't that, it seems like that's kind of the way in a lot of, even, even the guy out here, Roberts, I mean, that's kind of how it is. It, it, what is, it's just that new, that new money ball and analytics and stuff, you know, everything is, it's different. Yeah. We sound old. I miss the old days. <laughs> right. Let me know who the closer is. I don't know who to draft. Well, I, I'm, I'm you guys, that, that is a deep bullpen the Phillies have. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got like four or five closers, it seems like, right there. It's deep yeah. bullshit. It's, what is. it's yeah. bad, man. It is not good. They, but, I, like uh, guy, I really like the yeah. guy who blew his arm out. Uh, Saint, uh, Saint, Sir Anthony? Uh, Sir Anthony oh, Sir Anthony Dominguez? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. good. Hopefully he'll come back. We got rid of Hector Neris, thank God, because Hector Neris was like just – unstoppable one game and then three games it was literally like batting practice you guys have Corey Knable and Jose Alvarado as like the co-closers and then you got Connor Brogdon Sam Coonrod and then Sir Anthony yeah Yeah. you guys are kind of stacked now in the bullpen now you need another start I'm sorry go ahead uh, as major baseball fans where are you guys on um I have to wonder, some people come back from uh, the, like the rotator cuff surgery and the Tommy John surgery, actually better pitchers. Do you well, think? Not rotator cuff so much, but Tommy not, John. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy John. I'm sorry. Right. But, uh, but yeah, they come back from Tommy John even better. So my question there is, do you think it's possible that maybe some teams kind of overuse a pitcher to get to that point hmm. ever? Like on I purpose? Don't... I don't feel like they overuse pitchers at all now. In fact, I can yeah. remember like, like they used to, they and I back yeah. in the day, like like with the big red machine. I mean, the, in yeah. those type of teams, and they everybody they, pitched two hundred innings. Yeah, that was routine, man. You know, yeah. and then they go in the dugout and smoke and have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
They're Get back out there. But, but they weren't allowed to have facial hair. <laughs> Fernandez was always smoking. I remember on those Mets teams. <laughs> well, they say Roberto Clemente used to duck down into the dugout and have smoke in between. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Number 21. Yep. Yeah. But we could talk, definitely talk sports all day long here. <laughs> we should I'll have you it. back on yeah. for a sports cast. Yeah. I would, man, I, I would love it. You know, my straight job before oh. I was, you know, really doing this full time was uh, I was, I coached high school football for, um, not far from you, actually, uh, out at uh, Harvard Westlake. In oh, yeah. So I was there for, I was there for twelve years, and then I was at LaSalle for three years. So that was that was my straight job. Mm-hmm. There's so, a lot of uh, baseball players that come out of Harvard Westlake. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's 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 a major okay. baseball school, no doubt about um, it. What's his name? Uh, uh, Brewers guy, Christian. Um, uh, yeah, no, oh, Yelich, Yelich, that's what I was Yelich. And, um, and then uh, Giancarlo Stanton um, Stanton. Is another name. I coached against Giancarlo Stanton as a football player. And let me tell you, as good as he is at baseball, he's better at football. Now, I'm not joking. I believe it. He's it like a football crazy. player. <laughs> I mean, literally, he played, he played linebacker, outside linebacker, and tight end. And literally, it would be like the, every play, he would just – you know, get get out of a stance, step back, catch the ball, tight end, bubble screen, touchdown every play. Could, could yeah, couldn't he stop him. Size then as he is now, so people would literally just bounce off the guy, and he's just freaking amazing player. So, yeah. I guess he'd rather uh, play baseball than get hit by three hundred pound guys. <laughs> yeah, he'd rather not not have a brain uh, trouble sweating. Yeah, that. CTE. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't blame him. Me either. Me either. Well, some of those moonshots he hits, it looks like it hits the facing of the seats and there should be like, you know, debris crumbling down because, I mean, it just line drives like 550-foot laser shots. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's an imposing man. Even as a, even as a teenager, he was a big guy. So, yeah, no. I've yeah. lost to the best of them. How do you game plan for that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Game plan for a new job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I went against him. I went against Justin Vargas, um, who was at oh, Notre man. Dame, too, and he ran for 400 yards against us. Okay. Wow. I was a yeah, coordinator. Just... Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, he well, went we... to, he, he went to Michigan, and then he went to USC, transferred to USC. But he was – you know, it's amazing, really. That's the thing that's incredible about pro sports in general um, is the worst guy on the worst team, the worst guy in the Jaguars was like – the best player in his state, like was the most amazing yeah. player you could possibly imagine. So aside from the kickers, <laughs> kickers, exception to the kickers. Very true. Well, Justin Fargus, ironically, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I'm a, I was a big Starsky and Hutch fan. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to see if there was a way that we could get Huggy Bear on. Mm-hmm. Tony, to no avail. <laughs> so far. Yeah, so but, far. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. But, not no luck yet. He's getting up there, man. He's he's he's. I mean, he's got to be. I think he's pushing like eighty, isn't he? And it's like mid eight seventies or something. I would yeah. imagine. But yeah, well, I've looked at it. He's, yeah. he's doing public speaking and stuff. Still, he's still mm-hmm. out oh, there. Is he? Yeah. 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 So, okay. personable. Why not? If I run into him, I'll say, "Hey, Huggy, come on." Yeah, yeah. Shot. We need some information. <laughs> you know, okay. like, yeah. Now I have uh, I have one question for you, which uh, I have I'm not sure if I've ever asked Aaron about this, but 
if there was one position in professional baseball uh, that women, in my theory, if a woman were to come into, you know, major league baseball, I believe that the position that would make the most sense is catcher. Because, no, you know what? I, I don't know. I was a catcher. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you take a lot of abuse at catcher. It's really. Yeah, but women have more muscle mass below the waist and our center of gravity is lower. So we can, uh, we're, we're actually designed, childbirth is supposed to be done with a squat, not a lay down. And then when you put down your signs, mm-hmm. you can see them because you got red yeah. fingernail polish. Okay. <laughs> and why can't pit catchers? Why can't male catchers put on fingernail polish? Well, that's a good point. They do. But I mean, you know. They they put on like day glow. Do you think a woman would be able to fulfill more uh, as a major league baseball player? I think outfield. You know, I think as long as she's got the speed, I think it's. Maybe pitching if she's got some kind of weird junk. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Underhand. Knuckleball or, yeah, submarine thing. As much muscle mass above the waist. I mean, that's just literally a fact. I think you make a yeah, good point. That's what I'm saying, the finesse yeah. pitching. There's yeah. just right. a lot of, there's a lot to catching. Well, yeah. You know, like yeah. Break, uh-huh. your, break your leg. And chip, okay. You know, break your yeah. fingers. Okay. Bust, you know, bust. Have, yeah. have John Carlos Stanton plow women, into you. women playing fast pitch uh, softball. Can add that. Yeah, we should, we should, we should get into game day. Very good. That's yeah, very I know. Yeah. I know, Dean. Well, we'll we'll switch over to uh, the game day movie in a second, but I wanted to just uh, uh, put this out there. Uh, Philip and Aaron are in a uh, rotisserie baseball league that is one of the oldest in the country. It's been around since they were in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's almost eighty-four or eighty-five. We're not even sure. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was impressed by your knowledge of the Phillies bullpen. Believe me, man. And that's not that has not been the scale. If 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 you were an American League team fan, we wouldn't know anything about you. (laughs) Ours is an NL only league. I I totally get that. I I I know nothing about the American League. I I don't even follow it much. I I kind of follow the Angels now, just because of. uh, Otani and Trout, but yeah, that guy's a he's a freak, man. He's a, he's incredible, man. He really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. But you know, the one thing about playing for the Angels, and, and you're out here, so you know, you know, it's hard to get the recognition, like with Mike Trout, you know, it's because you're not getting those primetime games as much. And the games are, you know, the night games are like, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock back east. So the press, they, they just don't yeah. get press. Mike Trout's a Philly boy. He's from Philadelphia. Right that's outside. right. Yeah. yeah. Philly or Jersey one. Yeah. Jersey. So, you know, that's the thing, like Jersey, which is actually where it's I'm all the going. same. It's all the same yeah. thing. Kind of. I mean, South Jersey is right over the river. It's right over it's the like bridge. Cincinnati's like it, right where Ohio, Kentucky and Indiana come together too. It's exactly. the same kind of. It's a bridge. Yeah, and then there are people who don't the, distinguish between Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati oh, very much. Well, the Cincinnati airports in Kentucky, for example. Right. Yeah. And the Ohio know. River is actually Kentucky's property. Really? So, interesting. In, in, between <laughs> Ohio and Kentucky, the border starts on the Ohio side. The borders the north side of the river. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Are you guys getting hit hard back there with the snow? Um... We had, a nice, we had a nice snowstorm a yesterday. A couple of inches, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, even though it's 18 degrees, it already seems to be kind of, you know, dissipating a little bit. 
And tomorrow it's supposed to be uh, in the mid thirties. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of why that's kind of why uh, the sports teams are so uh, important to Cincinnatians because it's really the only thing that a large portion of the country knows about the city. Mm. You know, kind of the way Philadelphia identifies with the Eagles, Phillies. You know? Yeah. Now that but, WKRP is not around anymore, yeah, that's. <laughs> Oh, I'd love for them to bring that back if they could cast it. Wow. Uh, People always ask, is that a real thing? <laughs> I still get that all the time. Sort of. Yeah. It's not completely unreal. <laughs> There's a WKRC. But, yeah. Yeah. No, do, uh, yeah. Uh, WKRP, WKRC was, yeah. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a, a rock station, though. I mean, ever. WKRP wasn't. Or, I mean, Man, WKRP. I thought about that show in a long time. Was it like Gordon Jump? Yeah. Yes. And, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Venus Flytrap. Tim Reed. Lonnie Anderson. Lonnie Anderson. Yeah. Lonnie Anderson. I coached against her son. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he was at a, a school called Cathedral. And uh, Burt Reynolds was there um, mm -hmm. one game. I didn't oh. see him. But, uh, the, 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 was the, it her the, son with Burt Reynolds? or? Yeah. It was okay. her son with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Wow. I'm a little surprised you're not in Philly. Just based on the content of game day. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm from Philly. And, right, you know, right. That was the thing about game How day. long have you been out here? Oh, God. I came out here when I was 18, 19. Um, family's all back there. We go mm -hmm. back there, you know. Well, we were going back there pretty often. It had been actually a while since I'd been back um, when we went back to film. Mm -hmm. It had been a chunk of time since I'd been back there. But, you know, I'll tell you. I don't know what the situation is like in going back to, to Cincinnati, but <clears throat> going back to Philly was, it did not seem much different. <laughs> it seemed yeah. It yeah. Was pretty much the same, you know, I mean, it was like, wow, the cars were different. That's about it. You know, everything else was, was yeah. usual. Cincinnati, uh, but, a lot of things have been torn down and rebuilt. Okay. It's but the, like, the uh, atmosphere is still like, like Phil's house his, that he grew up in has been torn down and there's a shopping yep. center there now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah literally. Um, so uh, so it's all, it all the landscapes a little different when I go back and it's always a little different each time. Each time. Just a what little. But, but, but the potholes don't change. There's always potholes. No, they're still uh, there. Yeah. Well, LA, I'll tell you, LA has changed a great deal more than Philadelphia has. LA's changed a lot. Um, yeah. You know, been here I, since ninety two. What the, what year did you move out here? Oh gosh, probably eighty eighty three, something like that. Okay. So I've been out here. I've been out here a little longer than me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so you remember, and you remember the strip. I mean, I was a musician. I am a musician. I still play in yeah. bands and stuff. I have I have a band that I do, but it, you know now it's a cover band. But I mean, I was in those bands that hung. You know, we we handed out the flyers, you know, oh, yeah. strip and. You know, I had the hair and played those gigs. And I did all that stuff. And believe me, it's a different world. I mean, it, it was, you see what the traffic's like now and stuff out here. I mean, it, it is really like uh, changed quite a bit. What's yeah, the name but, of your band? Uh, the Smoking Cobras. The Smoking Cobras. Yeah, named after the Shelby Cobra. And okay. uh, yeah, because the guy I started the band with was a car buff. And he was like, I don't know how we got to, we were talking about cars. And was, I, I said, what's your favorite car? And he was like, Cobra, Shelby Cobra. And I was like, smoking Cobras. Yeah, that'll work. So there you go. We, it's taken me everywhere. I mean, the band we played uh, in Tokyo, 
Um, wow. We played, we played we played Dodger Stadium a few times, uh, opening up in the pavilion there and stuff. So we cool. Yeah, it was cool. It, it is cool. I, it's great group of guys. I played with them for a few years. Um, it's it's cool. I mean, I, you know, it's it's a nice little side income. It's a side hustle. You know, I'm fortunate enough to make a living with the acting and and now with you know doing the filmmaking and stuff. But um, I still love the band and love making music with the band and yeah. going out and playing so we're we're getting ready to hit the summer concerts and festivals again and do all that stuff it'll be fun so you're talking about music i want to make good on my promise to our friends dave and marianne david t and mojo three they're going to be at the little miami brewing company on february 18th from 7 30 to 10 30 and mm-hmm. if you've noticed the uh at the beginning of the uh, podcast, we have a new theme song written by David T. and Mojo 3. So, Thanks, Dave right. and Marianne. Yep, Dave yep. and Marianne. What's yeah, the name of your band? Uh, the Smoking Cobras. The Smoking Cobras. Yeah, named after the Shelby Cobra. And okay. uh, yeah, because the guy I started the band with was a car buff. And he was like, I don't know how we got to, we were talking about cars. And was, I, I said, what's your favorite car? And he's like, Cobra. Shelby Cobra, and I was like, smoking Cobras, yeah, that'll work. So there you go. We, it's taken me everywhere. I mean, the band we played uh, in Tokyo. Um, wow. We played, in, we played we played Dodger Stadium a few times, uh, opening up oh, in the pavilion there and stuff. So we cool. Yeah, it was cool. It, it is cool. I, it's a great group of guys. I played with them for a few years. Um, it's it's cool. I mean, I, you know, it's it's a nice little side income it's a side hustle you know i'm fortunate enough to make a living with the acting and and now with you know doing the filmmaking and stuff but um mm-hmm. i still love the band and love making music with the band and yeah. going out and playing so we're we're getting ready to hit the summer concerts and festivals again and do all that stuff it'll be fun so you're talking about music i want to make good on my promise to our friends dave and marianne david t and mojo three they're going to be at the Little Miami Brewing Company on February 18th from 7.30 to 10.30. And mm-hmm. if you've noticed, the uh, at the beginning of the uh, podcast, we have a new theme song written by David T. and Mojo 3. So Thanks, Dave right. and Marianne. Yep, Dave yeah. and Marianne. So why don't we get up, why don't we talk a little bit about the movie? Welcome back, everyone. You know, Eagles fans are passionate, and every game can really be a roller coaster, as we all know. In a new independent film, though, called Game Day, as each quarter of an Eagles game unfolds, family secrets are revealed. Well, Philly native Dean Simone co-wrote the movie, which focuses on the Forte family, a close-knit Italian-American family that unravels one Sunday. And where else would you film this? Of course, right here in Philly. Multi-generations of problems and multi-generations of complications and love. And they all come together on this Sunday, and it just all seems to come to a head. And, of course, we're playing Dallas. Like, perfect. We kind of convinced um, the director and the executive producer to to take a look at the talent we had here in and Philly, right yeah. right here in Philadelphia. <laughs> so we sent a few tapes. They were in love with the folks. They were in love with with how real and raw the people were here. Yep, and the rest is history, guys. The movie Game Day premieres at the MJ Free Theater in Chester this weekend. But you can also rent or buy the movie as well. We've got a link for you on our website, cbsphilly.com. Thanks for joining us on Yeah Aha uh-huh with Philip.
And Lisa. <laughs> and Aaron. <laughs> and this week we're talking to Dean Simone off. about a movie called Game Day and, of course, sports in general. Right. Of course. Yeah. So we watched the um, movie the other night. Yeah. Uh, we sat here over dinner, watched the movie, and yeah. uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, sort of mm-hmm. a slice of life, a look inside, behind the curtain of an Italian-American, Philadelphia family, kind mm-hmm. of in a, a nice yeah. area of town, you know, and uh, gets together every Sunday to watch their beloved Eagles play. So to go through yeah. a season like that. And, mm-hmm. of course, uh, not, you know, the, the ball game is just uh, kind of like the uh, – background it's a background to, yeah to the events that are taking place in the lives of these people yeah. so that, that's my kind of movie really i like movies like that you know yeah. um, silver linings playbook you know yeah um, stuff like that uh, one of our, our co-producer was actually in silver linings playbook too pete <laughs> yeah he was uh he was the guy at the bar that was trying to uh to take jennifer lawrence away from um from uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. So, that was actually filmed right next to where we were. We were in a town uh, called Swarthmore uh, Media, that area in there. And um, the town where they filmed that was literally right next door. So, uh, but one thing that we tried to do with the movie, and I'm mm-hmm. really thank you for watching it and enjoying it and watching it at dinner, because it certainly is a definitely rom-com light dinner fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, it um we try to make it so that um we cast all Philadelphia actors in it. Um mm-hmm. we kept it true to like the Philadelphia um foods, uh PNS raviolis, primo hoagies, pat steaks. Um we really uh took a, a hometown approach to it that people would only know and recognize if they were from Philly, but I do think that the flavor of that you know, people know when something is from the heart and is really, you know, uh, true. Like if you guys saw a movie about Cincinnati, I'm sure you guys know diners and certain oh, yeah. foods that are, you know, indigenous to Cincinnati that nobody Cincinnati, else. Philly and Geta are the ones that, you know, pop to mind automatically. Yeah. I mean, uh, national breakfast restaurants will come here and they won't add Geta to their menu, but it will be an item you can ask for and they stock it usually. Well, it's disgusting. Good. It's amazing. It's delicious. Some people call it what? Scrabble or scribble? No, no. Scrapple is completely different. Scrapple is wheat based and uh, Geta is oat. Well, parts of rain. There was a time when Cincinnati was a popular shooting location because of over the Rhine and the old architecture Mm -hmm. and the buildings. Parts of Rain Man were filmed here. We still are. We have a a, Jodie Foster movie too, right? Little Man Tate was filmed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Cruz. I I mean, I know that George Clooney's from that area, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Clooney Mm -hmm. is Cruz. He's from Northern Kentucky. Woody Harrelson's from that area too. Right. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, not too far. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that when you make something and, and, and the city becomes part of it, or is definitely, you know, and I think in game day it was definitely in terms yeah. of you know, we were talking earlier about rabid fans. I think the one thing that's really interesting about Eagle fans is our rival is completely the Dallas Cowboys. That is not the Cowboys that's- rival. The That's the case rivals. of everybody in your division. Their rivals, the Cowboys, right? Though, right? <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, that's very true. But the Cowboys' real biggest rival is the Redskins. For Cowboys, I was say I always thought Redskins, Redskins, yeah. Cowboys. But for Eagles, you know, we're like you know that that's our rival. So that's that way with Pittsburgh too. 
they're Cincinnati's biggest rival. Pittsburgh could care less. <laughs> <laughs> totally get that because it's about uh, well now it's about Baltimore with Pittsburgh, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it's changed. But you know, I mean, there's an element um, in talking about pro football and people getting together, especially with the Eagles. You know, uh, Phil mm-hmm. had, had had mentioned this earlier. Um, it is a town, no matter you've got the Phillies, you've got the Sixers, you've got, you know, the Flyers, there's a million incredible colleges, Temple, you know, Penn, you name it. There's so many, LaSalle, just a million schools and stuff there, but that town is all about the Eagles. And believe me, it is, it is a passion beyond words. Um, yeah. Beyond words. I, 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 I can't even explain how rabid the fans are and and where they go and places they go to and um I did notice that in my own family it really was like a um I don't know like a like a a touching point for for you know massive fights because emotions were always high um so those Sunday games especially those against the uh Cowboys were like you know People were at each other's throats. Everybody's yeah. pitching. They're on edge to begin with. On edge to begin with. So um, when the idea came to write something that was loosely based on my family, and believe me, it is okay. loosely based on my family, okay. um, you know, uh, that seemed like a good setting. So the director and I co-wrote it together. And um, it really was something that really resonates uh, with a lot of people, especially in that area. But we've gotten like response from people all over the country that, you know, they say, oh, that's my family, but we're in Pittsburgh, or that's mm-hmm. my family, but we're in New England, you know? Yeah. So uh, people get that. The NFL is a, it's, it's a big thing for people. Yeah. It's, it's polarizing. <laughs> it is. In the movie, it's very direct. I mean, the yeah. confrontation, and, and yeah. you're saying that people, you know, they're vested in this football team, right? To varying degrees. So they're, they're kind of, their nerve endings are already. Uh, and so yeah. all these little things that are going on in their life, well, not, not necessarily so little things, but these things that are going it on in their life. Up. It's kind of a, a boiling pot, you know, things yeah. can, can boil to the surface. Um, like the, mm-hmm. the conversation between, um, uh, your character and your father um, in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I'm not yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there were several points. There's, where, a, there's a lot of uh, anger in that family. Uh, a lot of anger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, t- one point that I didn't want to touch on in terms of uh, that also addresses the lots of anger situation is I do think um, I have three sons. I'm an only child. My father was an only child. Um, and I do think that a lot of times Edgar, who was the director and co-writer with me, we talk about this a lot when we were writing, you know, it does seem that, um, some of us, not all of us, certainly not me, um, can be, uh, they've arrived, you know, they don't feel like they have anything to prove to anybody. My, my son, my youngest son, uh, who's 14, he is that way. I mean, he, he does not feel like he's got to prove something to, to, to anyone. He's happy. He's a happy guy. He does great at school. He's, you know, he's in that rare percentage. Most people are like me, um, where they spend a lot of their life trying to prove something. In my case, it was to my dad, you know, to show my father that I was worth this or I was worth that. Um, my mother, Italian mothers are a little bit different, you know, 
and it's very similar to the way that the movie shows it, which is they can yell at you and scream at you and criticize you, but to everybody else, you're the greatest in the world. Italian dads, it's a different thing, and it is a, it's usually a pretty high bar to jump. They love you. Um, they believe in you, but most of what you do is not quite good enough. So I think I spent a good chunk of my life trying to prove myself to my dad. I've seen that dynamic with my sister-in-law. She's Italian. Uh, Her, uh, her, uh, and uh, she's from uh, Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. And uh, uh, what is it? Um, Her mother, her her brother could do no wrong. Could do absolutely (laughs) no wrong. And do you think it's possible that the Italian father set the bar a little higher because the mother sets it so low? I think that's a really great point. Yes, I think that that is a possibility. In fact, in my in my father's case, that was completely the point, even though his mother was Welsh, but she was doted over him and everything he did was great. And I, my grandfather completely took that attack. You hit the nail right on the head. And I think that uh, that it causes anger. When we spend most of our life going, I got to prove this. I got to do this. And if something doesn't happen, you're like, you feel less than, and then you feel mad. And then you're pissed because the circumstances conspired against you. And this didn't work out. It's hard to think clearly. I mean, I got to a point probably about 12 years ago where I just was like, thank God it just basically dissipated. It went away. I didn't have that need to, oh, I'll show my dad or, oh, I'll show this one. Or if I get this, because I started having successes and started booking some higher profile things. And I realized that when I got it, it didn't mean a thing. It didn't make that big of a difference in my life. You know, so from that standpoint, it didn't make a difference when things went great. And then when things went wrong and I felt like, oh God, everyone's seeing me screw up or they're seeing this, nobody knew, nobody cared it didn't make a difference. So you start to say, I have nothing to prove to anybody. In game day, they're all trying to prove things to their mother, to their father, to their wife. I still got it. I can still take care of the family. I'm going to fix everything. You know, you'll see, I'll be a rock star. Everyone's trying to prove something. And generally that's a recipe for a lot of anger and a lot of fights and a lot of problems. Yeah. Disappointment. A lot of conflict. Yeah, yeah. And so you're you wore many hats in this movie. You were co-producer with uh um Val and Je- uh, Joe Pastiglione, right? Pete, Pete, yeah, Joe. Pete, 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 I'm thinking right. of a yeah. sportscaster, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm I'm just wondering uh when you went to do the casting, you mentioned that a lot of people were from Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. I wonder when you were developing the story, if you had already had actors or friends in mind, or if you did People a, that a you casting knew. call, or how, how did it go about uh, getting the ensemble together? Well, um, Edgar Bravo and, and uh, John Paul Rice, John Paul Rice is the executive producer. They've put, they've done a few films and they, uh, they really have a formula and a way that they go about doing it. We were going to do it in Atlanta. So initially the, the, the story idea was, it was a Philadelphia family that was transplanted to another place. And um, we got the idea to go to Philly and to actually look for Philly actors. And then like how it goes sometimes, you know, God takes you to a place, you go to a place you didn't expect to go. And then 
stuff happens. And that's exactly what happened. We were there and all of a sudden it was like, wow, we could do it here, you know, and th- th- you know, th- we met these people that, that had a theater company and they knew people and they knew casting and it just fell into place. The idea was always, always to use real Philadelphians and not to knock at all because it's a great movie and uh, you know, a great movie. But one thing about Silver Linings Playbook is there is one Philadelphian in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, everyone else is from England or New York. Um, this was a, a true Philly piece with true Philly actors. So John Paul and Edgar went up there and uh, they started uh, auditioning people there for the, for the various roles. And um, they would occasionally say to me, Hey, you know, we found this one person, check this person out. Um, but they were, they were the ones completely in charge of the casting unless when it got close and then I would read with them and they would go, what do you think? And I go, oh yeah, this person is, I like them or, you know, this person's great, but they don't seem right. So it was a pretty painstaking uh, deal. It took us months um, to put it together, but I will say this guys. (laughs) That's as opposed to years. (laughs) Well, yeah. Uh, You know, and the thing about it is from the time that Edgar and I started writing the screenplay until the time we wrapped um shooting and ed i mean the whole process we 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 knocked it out in in a year and a half like from from stem to stern but we went we went hard at it i mean it was like we were obsessed with this movie like every second of every day was dug in deep in everything we could do where we were all all in it's all shot in philly makes it that much more authentically philly i guess it does it does and you know um my wife had never been there before, Aaron. So she came into, uh, oh, wow. so it was the first time she had seen Philadelphia and uh, she loves it. In fact, we we definitely are looking to uh, have a place there as well. And um, the next film I'm working on um, is also uh, going to be set in Philly. So um, yeah, I mean, we love it. We love the flavor of the town and, and we want to keep going with it that way. But um, yeah, it was definitely uh, all Philly people, all Philly actors, now, if, if you could, if you could pick one of your roles and, and you, you like kind of were forced to go forward, like um, screenwriter versus actor versus producer, director, which, um, I mean, what would be like, Are you going to throw a musician in there too? Or is he allowed to do that on the side? Well, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm speaking in terms of game day since that's what we're really talking or, or about. Filmmaking. But yeah, yeah filmmaking. filmmaking in general. I mean, what role did you like the best? Well, it's a dead tie for me with writing and acting. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it, it really is. I, it, it's, it would be like Sophie's choice for me to decide between writing and acting because I seems you know, like they'd be very different too. They are. Uh, I love, love, love to write. I was, I, you know, I write songs as well, but I really love writing screenplays. I have uh, two more right now that that uh, one that's we're getting in pre-production with another one that I'm starting to work on. And I love to write. I, I can't not write, basically. And as far as acting cool. is concerned, you know, I I mean, I started acting when I was um, 17 and uh, I I love acting, you know beyond words love it so that's the way you know that's what i'm the most interested in producing i i you know i i like it i don't love it um but i do i do enjoy it i I find it to be a a challenge i love marketing i worked in advertising for a while so i i I appreciate advertising writing or i mean producing 
and marketing. But um, even when I was working in advertising, I was wor- working, I started driving a truck for them. And I, one of the guys gave me a chance to write copy. And I actually ended up writing copy because of the goodness of this one person's heart, who unfortunately is is no longer with us. But um so it would be a tie. It would be writing and acting um, together. I'll, g- I'll give you a little feedback. On, I don't know. You may have heard this before, but I, I think that uh, you, you're, as far as your acting goes, uh, you, you'd be a good uh, detective, tough guy, kind of, you know, a little bit of a Harvey Keitel vibe there, you know, uh, yeah, very yeah. nice guy, but in, in the movie, right. came across somebody that could uh, get in somebody's face if they had to. Thank you. I, I, you know, I get that a lot. Um, and what's really funny is, you know, at the end of the movie, um, the guy, who, the old man who comes in, who I have a scene with, he was Harvey Keitel's best friend and right hand man for many, many, many years. So we actually wow. had a lot. Yeah, he had a lot of cool Harvey stories. So I, I love Harvey Keitel. I actually got a chance to meet him one time. Um, my band was playing the Troubadour. This is way back in like 87 or 88, something like that. He had just done play Judas in Last Temptation of Christ. He still had the red curly hair look. Oh, and wow. uh, and I, yeah, we so we walked out. We had, we were just on soundcheck and we were walking down the street. And um, there's a very famous steakhouse right there close to uh, where the Troubadour is. And there's Harvey Keitel. I talked to him for like I don't know, 30 seconds. He was a very cool guy. Um, but he's one of my heroes. I, I love Harvey Keitel. So that's I take that as a as a big compliment. Oh. Yeah, I, I played, thought I'm, he was gonna be hanging out upstairs at the troubadour and that yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think so, man. I don't think that was his scene. But um oh. Troubadour used to be really cool though. We played a lot of gigs there. Um yeah. I've been to a lot of shows there. Yeah, Troubadour is great. It's a, it's I got a cool room. That. We got in a massive, uh, literally, barroom fight. This was probably around 90, 89 or 90 in the Troubadour in the front. Um, we used to have a, a big red school bus, and we would throw these parties on the school bus. And my wife at the time, uh, I'm remarried, but my wife at the time was the lead singer of the band. And we got in a massive fight with these uh, Navy guys uh, who were like on lead. And it was like, uh, literally, it was like something you see in a movie, like, like, oh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was, they were all in the, tr- this is in the Troubadour, right outside, in the, at, right, right outside in the, the front of the Troubadour. And it was a, a, like a massive fight. And I'll never forget because our drummer, he owned the, the bus and it was one of those old buses where you, you have to, you know, uh, do the uh, stick the shift. Giant wheel. Exactly. Oh, stick. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking it, about. Sticks right. on the column. Exactly. Okay. That's what it was. And um, and Craig got kicked in the head and got a concussion and couldn't oh. drive. So I had to drive this thing, get him to the, the, the uh, emergency or the urgent care and try mm-hmm. to drive that thing. So that was my last, I think it was our last gig at the Troubadour. And, uh, so was, was that your choice or the Troubadour's choice? Uh, probably the truth broke what window it was pretty it was pretty bad wow. we got in a, we got in a pretty sizable amount of trouble for that so mm-hmm. ah funny. youth you know yeah yeah wow so yeah we just uh you know when we were in california we took a uh, drive around we passed the troubadour didn't we i think we did drive by the troubadour yeah oh, all right like so got, he does not like to fly and he does not like to drive phil i'm with you i hate to fly I had to fly quite a bit with the, with the film. Um, and then also, I, I don't know if you guys 
are aware of this, but with with acting now, it's like there's a lot of jobs in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. So I fly a lot more now than I used to. It used to be you booked, you shot mostly in Los Angeles. Now, man, I've been to Utah, you know, Denver, Arizona. I mean, you name it, Atlanta. You have to really go all over the place. So I'm flying much more now than I used to. And Phil, I I hate it, man. Like every time I fly, it's like looking out the window, uh, staring at the wing, uh, yeah. keeping. I was I was going to visit Cincinnati, uh, St. Patrick's Day, like right after the COVID stuff went down. I, I had to cancel my flight. I think uh, everything closed like the twelfth of of yeah. March, and I was flying on the seventeenth. <laughs> so yeah, you got stuck here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten stuck there probably. Yeah, right. yeah, it's. No, it's- uh, Dicey. I mean, with, you know, I, I don't know my, like I said, my, my oldest son just came back from Peru. His wife is Peruvian and they just came uh, home and with all three of them had COVID. So they were locked away for a few days and it was definitely uh, interesting, but I'm with you, man. They I had it when they got here. Yeah. They landed, tested, positive. Wow. Oh, wow. We're going to take a break for just a second. And then we're going to wind down at, I probably haven't watched the Grammys in 20 years myself. I don't think I have either, man. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I, I think the reason for that is I think that the album was such a a, a a major form of communication between artist and fan and listener. I feel like we all waited for that next album to come out. You know, it didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter whether it was, you know, uh, Aerosmith or, you know, Metallica or... Led Zeppelin or, you know, the, the Smiths, it didn't matter. If you got, if you were into a band, that album meant a lot. And you went through the liner notes and, and you knew the lyrics and you played it into the ground and there was a cohesive thing with it. You know, that's not happening now, man. It's just all about streaming and just dropping it, yeah. you know, dropping this and dropping that single. And I don't think they get in- ever an actual album. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think people get as invested uh, as in, is vested in the artist as like say we did like we much more were like waiting for that new Aerosmith album to come out or you know waiting for the Cure's new album to come out or something that does not really exist yeah. so album I wise I just wait for Flaming Lips nowadays Flaming Lips Aaron is a major Fish fan yeah but they're not about albums they're not yeah. Right, right. But the Flaming Lips, their last two or three have been concept albums. He's a brilliant guy. He's a yeah, really, Wayne. really, yeah, really brilliant dude, man. You know, um, I have a, a couple of really good friends from Texas who who know him and stuff, and they're they're cool. And he's been he's been doing it a long time. Yeah. But I think we had a chance more to get to know those people. Like I just heard David Byrne the other day on the Smartless um, podcast. I heard that too. That was great. It was really great. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, man. It was like, almost like I didn't, I love talking heads and I, and I love David Byrne, but I had not heard that much information from or about him. And I don't know. I just feel like we had a chance to, get into artists more and there was a little more of a mystery i think now i don't know they're all doing pepsi commercials not to not pepsi commercials i make a living at commercials but um but um yeah i I could see why that is i know my kids they like new music but they love old music like they're into it yeah 
I see that a lot. Kids getting into vinyl, you know. Like I said, Pink Floyd, you know, like yeah. uh, laser shows, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my, I kids, about, my kids uh, are all into all old music except St. Vincent is the new music they listen to. Yeah, you know what? My son likes likes St. Vincent's a band, right? I don't I'm not sure if it's a band or the woman. I think it's okay, her yeah, it's her it. it's her alias, I think. Okay, yeah, because I know I always hear Jackson talk about St. Vincent, but Jackson's uh my 14-year-old, his favorite thing is Pink Floyd, but the Sid Barrett Pink Floyd. Oh, that's my favorite Pink Floyd. Yeah, Me too. That's how I feel as well, man. I'm really yeah, into. I that. And um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Phil and I were into the same Pink Floyd at the same time. Yeah. What was yeah, that first Saucer Full of Secrets? Saucer Full of Secrets, and then yeah. Piper, uh, and Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yeah. Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then wish, wish You Were Here is about him. Yeah. The whole album is about him. You guys have heard that story, right? About he yeah, shows up yeah. in the studio and he's overweight and his eyebrows are shaped and he's bald. And they're like, who's, who's that guy? It's like, it's yeah, they didn't wow. even know it was him. Yikes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now me, I mean, the way I look like- from, uh, from the age of like, we were in, I was in Louisville visiting my family and somebody recognized me from the first grade. Because I just basically look the same almost you know God, you can tell it's me you. yeah <laughs> i've always awesome. i'm i mean i still look like i'm in my mid-40s and since i'm 55 i'm okay with that but i still You're also 55? look like that little girl but you do not look remotely 55 years old wow i would literally no seriously i would no, never it's, have it's genetics oh my dad when my dad was in his mid-70s he was being hit on by 50 year old women well, he was just a charming son. And, and my aunt, I mean, <laughs> my dad's sister, I know what I'm going to look like at 73, and I'm a happy person. You know, That's I'm very cool. happy with how I'm going to look at 73 because I look almost, a, you know, I look like like 80% her and 20% my mother. The movie in Vegas um, a few years back called Gunwoman, and uh, it's like You're a You're going to watch that. That looks fun. Uh, it's fun. I don't know about it. Well, interesting. Crazy, crazy intense. Oh, it is so bloody. That uh, Karando uh, Mitsusaki, who is the director, is like he is like really into the whole uh, blood and guts and gore thing. And it is as gory as you could possibly imagine. But I'll never forget. We had this one scene um, when we're and it was it was total guerrilla filmmaking. And we're driving down the strip and um, I've got. My, I'm a hitman in it, and I've got my gun uh, pointed to this guy's head. And we're doing this scene, and the car is in front of us, and it's a van that's the door is open, and they're shooting at us. And people don't see that this is a movie; they're not getting that that's what's going on, and they just see me with a gun up to this guy's head, and we're having this like heavy duty scene, and we got people beeping, going, "You want us to call the cops?" <laughs> It's like that was that was like one of my one of my Vegas shooting experiences. So I'll never forget that, man. That was like uh, that was insanity. Did you have to keep reshooting that scene when they'd ask, hey, do you want us to call the cops or did you you just dub over? (laughs) Well, the thing about it was they you know, we were in the car and we were like, Mike, and you had so you had the the uh, the the the, uh, sound guy in the back seat and he's down and you had the you know, Two two crew members are in the car with us, and they're and they're tucked down, and people are freaking out. And now I'm thinking, 
someone's going to go, be a cowboy and go, this guy's got a gun to his head. I'm going to shoot this dude. You know, now I'm getting nervous about it. So yeah, it was, uh, it was an exciting night. And then we, then we drove home that night afterwards. So that's indie filmmaking for you. Well, Good when time. you think about it, that's where Tupac was shot, right? I mean, it's, sure it's not, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a leap of logic, but I mean, it's like, yeah, no, it's it, 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 board, you know. Now, so that, um, that's, that's where the mobster museum is, right? That's right. Right. That was good. The mobster museum was definitely worth a visit. Wherever yeah. there's money like that, I mean, that's where something yeah. like that might be. Next time right. I go, I'm doing the pinball museum. I haven't I, done that. I'm sorry I missed yeah. the neon museum. That would have been cool, I think. Yeah after dark yeah yeah um i have a question about location when you're doing alternate locations more now um is is that more about money or atmosphere or do you think it's kind of equal because i know it's probably cheaper to film in cincinnati than say locations in la you know that's a good question i it's it's a with a with a, a few answers um the first answer is um they're the the um they're really cracking down with the the covid restrictions out here so i think that it's not as bad in other parts of the country i've been blessed enough to i've worked through this entire thing which is is shocking that it went that way but thank god it did so i was able to continue to work mainly going to utah mainly going to georgia going to arizona you know different places different rules that's one the other thing is is i think um like you said it's 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 less expensive to shoot in some of these other places the other thing is is i think um i don't know if aaron is seeing this as well but i think that so many businesses got shut down here um a lot of the medium-sized smaller-sized production companies found it so impossible to stay in business here that they were just like look uh in this age of of the digital camera and everybody can edit and you can make a, you can make a commercial or a a movie anywhere as, as was the case, as you saw with game day, Um, people are production companies are all over the country. They're all over the globe. So you might get hired to do the, to shoot this uh, deal and the, and the production companies in Indiana. Um, It's just different. It's, it's dispersed. It used to be all here. It's not all here now. Um, doesn't have to be anymore, I guess. Doesn't have to be, yeah. So, well, for like uh, the 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 uh, for the 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 movie nineteen uh, nineteen the or was it nineteen eighteen the the like, Reds versus oh, the Black Sox yeah the Black uh, Sox scandal eight, eight men out eight men out they actually rehabilitated the the film company paid for and rehabbed the fronts of these. Uh, down uh, over the Rhine properties, mm-hmm. and once they did that, then um, kind of like uh, the value increase, yuppies and 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 dinks and well, the gentrification like that, started. Yeah. Gentrification yeah. started, right? Because they saw, oh, that looks pretty. So, but they hadn't done anything to the inside of the buildings. So, what happened was these people would buy these buildings that had been prettified in the front. And then they would redo the inside. And now we have this whole kind of kind of yuppie-ish half of over the Rhine is is 
people who are, you know, yuppies and everything. And the other half of it is still the uh, destitute. Yeah, the destitute who can barely afford to, you know, 12 people in a one bedroom apartment kind of a deal. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that out here. (laughs) And it's lined with craft breweries, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very very true, man. That is very, very true. Yeah, I mean, gentrification is, let's face it, I mean, it's a it's a pretty big deal. I mean, I, I think that Los Angeles is is changing so rapidly right now. I don't know. When were you guys out here? How long ago was it? October. Yeah, they saw they saw a little bit of the homeless. Uh, yeah, the homeless situation it, it defies imagination out here. I mean, it is it is it is a it, it is third world in its nature. It's 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 really shocking, uh, and that 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 is something that is not been this way it's really started maybe like four or five years ago now it's like really really bad yeah, um, it's just gotten worse in the last couple of years really gotten worse and you know my wife and i um we have a facebook page um called fish uh, uh, fresh ideas solving hunger and we go out and we have like tried to you know organize things to feed homeless and do that that situation is a tricky situation i will tell you yeah. this not to get a political about it. I'm just stating like the fact there is a lot of drug addiction involved in the homeless situation. All oh yeah. Of drug addiction. Do you think it's specifically it. related to the, uh, uh, the opi- opioid situation? I certainly don't think that, that that helps. And, uh, you know, that's, that's another situation that, that's always a tricky thing. Like as an actor, I do, I do quite a lot of pharma stuff. Um, uh-huh. I've done my share of it over the years. And um, so you do see what an incredible, gigantic mechanism that pharma industry is and what's going on. And, and, and it really, uh, it, there's a lot of it, but it's not, it's not just the prescription stuff. It's everything. I mean, I just yeah. think that the, the, the drug situation and God knows i did my share of drugs. I was a musician. I, like now, you know, I would, it's been many decades since that was the case with me and I never was an addictive person. So I never had a problem, but unfortunately I think we're seeing a lot of, of the, you know, the, the sad payoff of decades of drug addiction. And yeah. when you go out here you feed and you're dealing with these people and you're talking to them, I'm telling you, it's like, we have gone out and I've had people come up to me and you know, we're giving them food, literally, and they'll say, um, you know, can you give me, can you give me money? And you'll give them a dollar or something, but you'll say, but here, let me, let me give you some food or I'll and give them money. You got to give them like yeah. McDonald's gift certificates or something. Well, dude, I've actually said, I'll take you in here and buy you some groceries. <laughs> and they were like, no, just give me the money. I don't want the groceries. So, you know, it's yeah. about, yeah. it's about the drugs. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So I don't know how they're going to readily fix it. I'm not really sure. And I think what you're seeing right now is in Hollywood, it's, you know, it's an eyesore. And I think that there's an element of uh, you want to shoot something downtown. You want to shoot something in the city. You could fake it sometimes with downtown LA and stuff. It's harder to do it now. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad down there. There was literally, I I don't know how true this was. Um, Aaron may have heard this too, but I heard there was actually cases of bubonic plague going down there. Um, wherever it's coming from it's being proliferated by this you know mm-hmm. problem of people living on the streets you know outdoors and yeah and they're, not, they're well, not getting and cleaner and less like hygiene yeah but good I for, mean, good for you yeah good for you for doing, you know trying to do something about it yeah. and, and you know as we wind down here you know yeah. this, do you have you know, a link you want to share for that 
Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, as far as with the with the film, the link is, and you can get the film on Amazon, and um, you can uh, also get it on Vimeo, and it is uh, www.gamedaythemovie.com. Again, that's www.gamedaythemovie.com, and you can the link is there to um, to buy or to rent the film. We yeah, and listen, it's very it's very watchable. We rented it, and it was we like we enjoyed watching it. Thank you. Well, I'm yeah, glad. Thank you for the Well, I, you know, anybody who watches it, I uh, I challenge them not to find at least one family member <laughs> of their own family in it. And we've definitely uh, talked to many, many people on it. And everybody is like, oh, yeah, that, that person is my cousin or that person reminds me of their mother or that person reminds me of their father. So we feel like there's definitely... Um, we try to tell the truth and we try to pull no punches and, um, and be unflinching. And we know families can be difficult, but Hey, you know, family is family. And um, yeah, so we're, we're proud of it. And we like everybody to go check it out. And as far as the um, our Facebook page fish, it's, yeah, it's a very simple little Facebook page. Um, we've kind of not been doing it as much with COVID going on now. Cause obviously my wife's a school teacher it's hard. And like every single gig that I get as an actor, I have to, uh, as I was saying before, COVID test and COVID test. So my son has a COVID test every week at school, every Monday, he's got to go um, and do it. So we've had to be more careful now, but um, we got to do What did FISH stand for again? Feeding? Fresh Ideas Solving Hunger. Oh, on uh, Phil's notes, I see one question that I said. Okay. What is a boom bat? Yeah. Oh, boom bots. Boom bots is like, boom-bots. you're crazy. Boom bots, you're crazy. So is, there's a lot of those. Italian or Philly? What's that? Is that more of an Italian thing or a Philly thing? That's an Italian have- thing. But let me, let me tell you something. Any, any Italians who are actually from Italy, they mm-hmm. hear what we do in New Jersey and Philly and New York to the Italian language. And I'm t- like, we destroy it. So like, it, instead of saying calamari, which is what it is, we say calamad. Okay. It has nothing to do with it. Or instead of saying um, ricotta cheese, we call it regut. Now, how we get these names, I have no idea, but it is, there's a whole you can actually look it up if you go online. There's a whole thing that talks about like New Jersey Italian and the and, you know in the in the myriad of things we we mispronounce. Um, Babagool. Babagool, exactly. That's it. Man. Now, what is that? What's up? What's the what's it supposed to be? Cabacola. I think oh. it's cabacola, it, but we say gabagool. I have no idea where, where that comes that, from. Yeah. Where that that vernacular comes from with it but there's a lot of that in the movie uh stunad uh is another one you know uh which is like you know you're stupid or or statazit which is like shut up and eat i mean there's a bunch of those i i can't even remember half of them that we put in all from my family and a lot of other people from that area will know that they'll be like oh yeah my grandmother said that they say it so there's a few of those in there but yeah boombats means a bots you're crazy you're you're no, you got some bad ideas. There, there is one more question that I really, really want to get in there. I think yeah. it's very important. What is a Philly cheese, Philly cheesesteak to you? Because we've basically had Penn Station. Well, okay, so, what what are you asking? What I think is the best Philly cheesesteak? Yeah, but what's what's in it too? I mean, because we've seen uh, Philly cheesesteaks with different ingredients. 
Well, I'm uh, look. I'm about Pats. I know that. Like, and, and please, none of the Jim's or Gino's people don't write me because they're all great. But I like Pats. They're like, they're like across the street from each other or something. Pats they are. They're acro- they are. They are across the street. They're right, literally across the street. And uh, sorry, guys. We'll pause for that. Sorry about that. That's actually the director calling me. <laughs> How funny is that? Um, hang on, sorry. sorry. So there, yeah, so okay, so what is what is it comprised of? Here's the cheesesteak thing. I like the Pat's cheesesteak, which is mm-hmm. cheese whiz. Yes, mm-hmm. it is cheese whiz. Grilled yeah. onions, um, you know, the the the, uh, the roll, you know, the, the the steak chopped up in there, and then they had these incredible cherry peppers. Now I, I don't know if you have you guys been to Philly? No. no. Okay, so if you go to Pat's, you you literally you line up and you wait to go, and they and they tell you there's a sign right there that says "Know what you want when you get to the window," because if not, basically get the hell out of the line. <laughs> it's like a suit Nazi on Seinfeld, right? So you got it. You got to like know what you want. But so as you go in and you order here, right in back of you, there's like these crushed red peppers and there's uh, cherry peppers. So it's the cherry pepper with the cheese whiz and the chopped onion in the bun. And I'm a ketchup guy. Got to put ketchup on it. So that's, that is the true uh, Philly cheesesteak to me. Pat's is delicious. Gino's is good. Jim's is good. But Pat's is definitely my favorite. You talk to some people in South Philly, though. Everybody knows a place. Polarizing. Uh, everybody has a place. They... Gold Star? What's that? Is it kind of like the Cincinnati chili thing, Skyline versus Gold Star? It's completely that way. It's totally that way. And it's so neighborhood oriented, especially South Philly. I mean, when you guys go, if you go, and, and I would strongly yeah. suggest if you get a chance to see it, because Philly gets a bad rap, but it's a super cool place to go. The food's mm-hmm. amazing. The people are interesting. The accent is an accent that you have never the heard. The nation's first capital? It was the nation's first capital. Yeah, And Philip is very, very, a lot of our trips that we have taken were oriented towards Philip's interest in history. Yeah, I'd like to go to Because I wanted to travel and see new things and he wanted to do history. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just combine the two. He'll go because it's history. Where was the Continental Congress held? Was that Independence Hall? Independence Hall. That that was like in the Liberty Bells there, and um, it's you know the the statue of William Penn that's up uh, at City Hall. I mean, there's so much, and then there you know uh, the, of course the Rocky Steps are there. I mean, there's so there's so many things that's just amazing. But it is it's it's steeped in history there. Uh, you know, from Valley Forge on down to Philly. I mean, it's just it's really quite amazing. And uh, as I said, you will never hear an accent quite like the Philadelphia accent. People don't realize that. I do want to say something about that uh, when we were talking about it with game. Is the mayor of East town an authentic Philly accent? That's a great question, Aaron. And in, in some capacities, you can tell the Philly act, cause there are Philly actors in that. And you can tell the Philly actors where it's a little bit different from um, I'm the, the lead. She's a, it's escaping my name. Yeah. Um, who plays mayor um, yeah. from the Titanic. Kate, the Kate Blanchett. Yes. So oh, she does a pretty good job. It's pretty damn close. But 
I will tell you this. I don't know what it's like in Cincinnati, um, but I do know, like, I think isn't like Dwight Yoakam from that area in Cincinnati? Like, I know that there's Where there's a Kentucky, probably. I'm not sure. I know we share a Dwight, birthday. I know Me, Dwight Yoakam. Uh, Dwight Yoakam, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, our Funko Pop. Uh, there he is. Uh, Johnny Carson, Angley, all share the same birthday with me. Well, there you so, go. I do believe, I think he, he's a Cincinnati boy. But Dwight Yoakam. I, I think Dave. he's from, I well, think I he's from, uh, maybe Dave. Okay. One or the other. But I don't know, like, I know my wife's family is all from Ohio, and they tell me that there's different accents in Ohio. Like, there's Pikeville, Kentucky is where Dwight Yoakam's from. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. with, with Philadelphia, Philly, Baltimore and South Jersey, Delaware, all share the same accent. If you go from South Jersey to Trenton, Trenton is like Central Jersey. Once you go north of Trenton, the accent becomes New York. It completely changes. It's got a it's it's a whole New York accent. The Philly accent, to, to your question, in Mayor um, of Easttown, some of them have it, but the Philly accent is like you drink water. Like you have a glass of water, you go across the street, your O's are like this, you you watch the Eagles, you have a bag for breakfast, you know, um, I'm going to go get some water ice down at the store, I'm going to go to the Wawa, and I'm going to do this, go across the street. It's a totally distinct accent. It's not like a New York accent, mm-hmm. people do in New York, it's like, hey, that is not a Philly accent. And that was the one thing. Great movie again, but one thing about Silver Linings Playbook is he's they were all talking like they were from Brooklyn. Oh, and that's not like how we talk in Philly. We have a very distinct accent. So um, we wanted that to be there in the movie. And uh, to that point, as distinct as the accent is, is as distinct as people's uh, ideas are of what the good cheese take place is. And if you go there, mark my words, if you ask 10 people where to get a cheesesteak, you will get 10 different answers. Oh, you got to go here. Uh, don't go to Gina. Go to Jim's. Jim's, uh, yeah, Pat's is great, but you got to go. That's how it is there. But so we um, might just have to go to all of them. Yeah, we might have to test all of those. Yeah. That's what I think. But I'll tell you right now, my wife went back there and she's, she loves food. She loves pizza. She loves bread. She, she had never had food. She she loved it so much. She's a California girl and her family's all from Ohio. So she had never had food like back there. It is really amazing how good it is. Mm-hmm. Everything is delicious. Well, mm-hmm. Lisa, I usually defer to you to ask your okay. question. Is there anything that you would expect it to ask or that you would want us to ask that we didn't talk about? Well. A really interesting question. No, I think you guys really covered the basis. I'll tell you what I really enjoyed was I really, uh, you guys are extremely fun to talk to. And I had a great time just talking to you guys about everything. I feel like I've known you guys for years. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciate that you guys like the movie. I'm glad that you uh, gave us a chance to, to get it out there and talk about it. Again, I'll, I'll plug the website one more time if you guys don't mind. It's www dot game day the movie.com that's game day the movie.com and um it's definitely a a work from the from the heart guys and we um we definitely try to tell the truth in it so i hope people will see it and enjoy it and get a little bit of healing and recognize some family issues that we all that we all go through that we can all get past but i've uh, really enjoyed talking to you guys you're 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 good peeps 
We have social. Twitter. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week. Bye.